0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Hyam. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and get it on Magly. If you like the Stitcher app, you can find it there as well. It'd be really cool if you rate it five stars and leave a review on whatever platform you choose. Like the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. The Twitter handle is myfirstsketch. Head to myfirstsketch.com where I post new things every week. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, feel free to email me at josh at myfirstsketch.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. We're a few weeks away from Philly Sketch Fest and tickets are now on sale, including a full weekend pass. That's all 14 shows. Since I'm a fan of custom URLs, go to myfirstsketch.com slash tickets. There might even be some promo codes hiding around the internet. Also at Philly Sketchfest, we are hosting what we're calling a podcast mixer. Saturday, June 2nd, 2 p.m., we're going to head to Tattooed Mom on South Street. We'll grab some food, we'll grab some drinks, and have two live podcast tapings. A live my first sketch, and coming from Washington, D.C., Bad Medicine will host a live Sketch Nerds. So come out before the show's that night and have a little extra fun. Today's guest is Jennifer Ashley Lloyd, currently a member of not oasis from toronto ontario canada her first sketch is called i won't grow up jennifer plays wendy i play peter pan and i'll give you all the stage directions and visual information you need to know so let's go to the sketch scene starts with peter pan singing i won't grow up running around the room like a child you hear wendy's voice from off stage
1: Uh, okay thank you for calling i'll have to discuss it with my husband peter
0: peter scurries back to his desk as if nervous he'll get in trouble wendy enters
1: peter did you file our taxes
0: she looks at the computer and notices he hasn't done any work nope that's for grown-ups Uh, Wendy sits in front of the computer and works on the taxes.
1: Yes, exactly. We're grown ups. We've been married for six years now. When are you going to grow up?
0: Peter looks over Wendy's shoulder. Oh, but Wendy. Wendy is showing Peter stuff on the computer.
1: We have a mortgage, car payments, and I just got a quote from the furnace guy. We can't pay them in lost boy hugs.
0: Did someone say lost boy hug? Peter hugs Wendy as she says.
1: No, Peter, I don't want a lost boy hug.
0: See, we don't need heat. Wendy pushes Peter off of him. Peter runs over to the TV stage, right? Tinkerbell lands on Peter's hand, and he speaks to Tinkerbell. Right, Tink?
1: I can't believe we let her live here with us. Remember, she did trick the Lost Boys into shooting me with a bow and arrow. I could be dead right now because of her.
0: Peter quietly talks to Tinkerbell while Wendy, under her breath, says,
1: Fuck you, Tink. You know what? I'm done with this. I should have done this a long time ago.
0: Wendy walks over, opens the window, and Tinkerbell flies out wendy waves a goodbye to tinkerbell but peter is devastated no, no 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 tank huge emotional turn for peter he should take a moment to look out the window and reflect you're a monster just just like hook hook hook
1: i really don't have the energy for this i was at the nursery all day caring for snotty nosed kids well what did you do today
0: i i tried to fly
1: you can't put flying on your resume you need to find a job and help me out around here
0: I'm trying. I really am, but no one is going to hire a little boy.
1: Peter, you're 37 years old.
0: In human years. Yeah. Peter jumps on a chair and looks out the window. Oh, Wendy, life in the big city's too hard. I miss Neverland so much. Peter jumps off the chair and runs over to Wendy. Does the back and forth either on either side of her. Remember how we'd stay up all night and you tell me story, tell stories to me and the Lost Boys or what about the time we tricked hook into thinking that the alligator was near Peter mimics a clock tick tock tick tock tick tock Peter rocks back and forth as Wendy joins him it was a clock the whole time (laughs) let's go back there
1: we can't go back okay we started a new life here in Liberty Village we made a commitment we bought matching Toronto versus everybody shirts and it hurts me that you don't even wear yours
0: that's because it's not tight enough Come on, Wendy, it's not that far. Second start to the right and straight on till morning. Peter stands on the chair and points out the window.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, the next time we have friends over, please don't talk about Neverland.
0: Wendy notices Peter's tight pants as they're, almost in line, as they're almost in line with her face and he stands on the chair.
1: And, you know, I don't know, maybe put some pants on.
0: These are my party tights. Wendy's not impressed. You know what you need? A little faith, trust, and pixie dust. Peter looks for Tank to hand him the pixie dust and she re- and realizes she's not there. Peter goes over to the window and begins to call out for Tank.
1: Tank! Peter, she's gone. Tank! Peter, she's gone. Tank! Peter, enough! I've had enough. I have put up with you wanting to play hide and seek before dinner. I let you turn the living room into a fort, and I'm always the one to clean it up. Do you know how expensive a crate and barrel exclusive Shelby natural throw costs? We should be eating semi-soft cheeses and drinking a nice Beaujolais, which, in case you're interested, is a very rich and fruity wine. <sighs> Peter, I masturbate every day because you can't even talk about sex without giggling. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Peter. Peter, Peter, get it together. Peter, get it together, okay? Ugh, Rufio was right about you.
0: Rufio? Commander in charge of the Lost Boys?
1: He warned me you'd never grow up. God damn it, his arrogance is so sexy. I should have listened to him. But I chose you, and now I'm miserable. Peter, I want a divorce.
0: Dear Wendy, you, you, you can't leave me. I'm, I'm sorry for everything you've had to put up with. You're you're always there for me. Like when I got lost on the subway?
1: There's really only two main lines. I don't know how that's possible.
0: (laughs) I just sat there all night and you found me. I believe we can make this work. Do you? To the audience, go out the door. Do you believe? Oh, please, please believe. If you believe, clap your hands. Clap! It's getting better. I can feel it. Clap, clap, clap. Everyone in Liberty Village believes... (laughs) <laughs> thank you, thank you Believe me, Wendy Just give me one more chance He grabs her hands I love you
1: I love you too, Peter
0: Peter and Wendy hug as Wendy is starting to feel in love again And they move in for the kiss So close it's awkward And Peter ends up being grossed out in the end Ugh, kissies are gross
1: Uh-oh. And blackout <laughs> Hey Jennifer. Hi. All
0: right, so tell me where this Peter Pan sketch came from.
1: Okay, I have to like. Well, I wrote this uh, when I was in the Second City Conservatory program. So I actually yeah. got I actually got to perform this sketch on the Second City main stage, which is oh yeah, it was pretty incredible. It was part in, of our, in Toronto in Toronto, yeah. It was part okay. of our sketch review, and um, I have to preface it by saying that what makes this sketch. Funny is um, the individual who played Peter Pan. His name is Sam Burns and he was also in the conservatory class with me and he just was able to bring this character to life and and he is an improviser first and um, it was so funny every night we would do this he would surprise me and just improvise some lines and it was so hard for me to not laugh when performing this sketch.
0: Like, what kind of stuff would he go for?
1: Like, like little things, like, he would just, he, he's such a character, he would just throw in, like, he would skip around me and be like, tra-la-la-la, I'm a little oh, boy, yeah. and he'd just start, like, singing, and just, he would just go rogue, but in the funniest way possible, so me, like, trying to keep a straight face and keep the scene moving forward, it was, it was such a great experience. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: So you went through the uh, Second City Conservatory program. I did. All right. So let's talk about that. Sure. Uh, uh, roughly when was this?
1: This was 2015
0: to 2016. Okay. And uh, so tell me about the program because, like, I love the Second City. Oh, I've I've never really experienced like in Toronto. I've I've gone to Chicago a couple of times and mm-hmm. stuff. But so tell me about their education system.
1: Um, it's so basically. You, If you start improv from the beginning, they have uh, improv from A to E, uh, which you just end up going through the levels. And then after E, you can audition to get into the conservatory program. And once once you get in, it's a year-long commitment. You're with the same group of people for the whole year and you start off with improv and then you end up writing a sketch review which you get to perform on the main stage. The whole um, Second City process is improv to sketch so basically you improvise some scenes or some premises, you test them out on stage, you kind of clock what's funny and uh, you you write scripts based on the tapes you watch after of yourself improvising.
0: Nice, I i'm not a huge improv person okay i'll i make that clear generally mm-hmm. uh but i'm always more in that vein of the second city where you improv to write yes versus the i, I think it's a ucb model it might be io whatever blame we can blame <laughs> for it, where it's just improv to improv and just move on with our lives right. like
1: yeah want one and die like the,
0: yeah, the idea of improv to write is infinitely more uh, satisfying to me.
1: Yeah, it's very hard. I, I do do a lot of improv and it's it's very tough when you, you know, like you, you have a great set and then that just kind of, that set just kind of lives and then dies and then you never see it again. But if you do write the sketch, then it's, it's nice to be able to be like, hey, I love that idea. I'm going to write something. I'm going to write about it
0: yeah Yeah. like for some reason i feel like it should be illegal for an improv team not to do sketch after (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh and if i were president that'd be my first thing of course (laughs) improv teams must write afterwards yeah you
1: get all the votes
0: (laughs) yeah i'd run on just that's my (laughs) sole campaign
1: platform that's all you need
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) All right. So uh, let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about what you were into growing up. Like, what was your earliest memory of comedy?
1: My earliest memory of comedy was as a kid being allowed to stay up and watch Saturday Night Live um because my mom used to watch Saturday Night Live and I was a kid and I used to love uh, watching Gilda Radner and I just remember not fully because I was pretty young I just remember not fully understanding what was going on but just mm. just really enjoying it and wanting to watch more
0: yeah it's that that sense of I don't know why this is funny but this is fun yeah, it's like, like, I'm, I'm
1: intrigued
0: <laughs> yeah yeah like jokes might be flying over your head, but that's still something that's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, this is awesome. And with
1: her being so physical, I just loved watching her face.
0: <laughs> like in Canada, you were getting like the older the reruns of the older stuff. Yes. So at least you know in Canada you were getting like the reruns of the classic stuff. Oh yes, of course. Which okay.
1: yeah.
0: Um. So I ask everybody, and so it, who would be your favorite SNL cast member? Is it Gilda?
1: Um. You know, it's, it's so hard. Like I, I, I love Gilda cause she's, she's so classic, right? How do you, how do you compete? How do you compete with that? But I'm a huge, I'm a huge Kate McKinnon fan. Mm -hmm. I, I do love Kate McKinnon. I just find her, um, very just in the moment and she just doesn't care what she looks like. She doesn't care what people think. And it's, it's pretty inspiring.
0: And it's funny cause that, uh, you mentioned don't care what she looks like. Uh, there was, and I'm like I'm such a nerd and I always bring this kind of stuff up, but like there was a, a documentary about, I think it was like SNL in the 90s, where there was a, like that first resurgent of women with uh, Molly Shannon, Sherry O'Terry, mm-hmm. and on a gas tire. And I distinctly remember Sherry O'Terry says, go for it during the show, make yourself look weird because you can look pretty at the party afterwards. Yes, I love that. And, the, and she said, like, and like there was something about Gilda or something, like, that was a Gilda rule, was, oh. you know, go, like, go balls out on the show. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can, you know, have fun at the party. Yeah, and
1: that's a lot of, uh, I find that's a lot of, um, that's a big thing when you're starting improv or sketch. Like, people are, are quite afraid, and I was too at the beginning, just be like, oh, I don't want to look stupid, I don't want to look ugly, I don't want to look too silly, but you quickly Mm. learn that that's where most of the fun comes in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So again, and you know, Kate McKinnon now, like she's like, I made a joke to someone that like, I don't think there's an episode that's gone by in the last two years where she hasn't made like worn heavy, like neck prosthetics. Yes. (laughs) Like she's always playing like older men and like, I think jowls and everything. I think she's
1: most happiest when she's wearing like the most (laughs) amount of like wig or facial makeup.
0: <laughs> or she has some kind of like possum tail <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> uh,
1: goodness.
0: Oh goodness. Okay. Um, what else were you into growing up? Like, like other than, I mean, Saturday Life might've been in the first moment, but what else were you watching? In
1: terms of comedy? Yeah. Uh, honestly, not a whole lot. That was, that was pretty much my, my main source. Um, cause I got into comedy quite by the time I got into comedy, I got into comedy quite a bit later on in my life.
0: Okay, so what would have been happening? Like, what clicked that switch again later so, on?
1: Well, so growing up, I I, I was always in theater. Um, I, I you know I had like a, I was a kid. I was in Billy Madison as a kid, um, so I always kind of had that bug.
0: Like, like hold on, like you're one of the, like the children in Billy Madison. Yeah. It's
1: not exciting. I was just like one of the background children in Billy Madison. So how's that,
0: that's how's that that's, not exciting. That's it, so it fun. Is, it is
1: actually pretty cool, but um, yeah, like I didn't have any speaking lines. I was just, uh, if you watch the, um, the grade, I think it's the grade three grad party where they have that massive beach ball and they're all playing in the yard. Yeah, yeah. that's me playing with the beach ball. Okay. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. I was, I was eight years old at the time. So I, I thought I was like so famous. Um,
0: Billy Madison filmed in, in,
1: in It filmed Canada? in Oshawa because uh, yeah it filmed at this place called Parkwood in Oshawa it was this it's this mansion um and in the backyard there's this pool and when we were filming um Adam Sandler fell into the pool and had to change in front, in front of everybody <laughs> everyone had like towels covering trying to cover him up and everyone was running towards him it was a memory I won't forget <laughs> That's
0: so cool like I think you're the first person that's had like that extra experience as a, as a child. Like I know uh, one of our, one of the members of one of the sketch teams here in the city, she's an extra in wet hot American summer. Oh, Cool. And like, she's very prominent in a bunch of scenes because a lot of the kids, a lot of the kids that were extras in in wet hot were like there all the time. So they just kept like just putting them in different scenes in different places. And I don't know. that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, it was, it
1: was pretty neat. It was that and uh, when I read the show Ready or Not, which is so Canadian that you probably have never heard of it, but those were my, yeah, never, those were my claims to yeah, it. Yeah, I've never yeah, heard of it's that. It's a very Canadian local show. Um, but then I – yeah, so I did that kind of growing up, and then I actually went to school for teacher – to be a teacher. I was a full-time teacher for eight years, and then in my last year teaching, I uh, decided – to kind of put that on hold and focus on comedy because I started taking um, improv classes at Second City and the more I took the less interested in teaching I was sorry children and the more interested in like you know (laughs) continuing and, and putting more of my time and effort into comedy so it really was like taking improv classes at Second City that kind of drew me back in
0: what was the key decision to make you take improv the first, that first time? Um,
1: Cause I was bored. <laughs> I was so bored and I had known a friend who had taken level a before at second city. And so I just remember sitting on my couch in the, co- in the condo when I used to live in a condo, I was sitting on the couch and looking on my phone on the second city website, debating whether or not to take level a. And I debated it for a year and a half Silly me, um, and then finally I just bit the bullet and I was like, I need to do something that makes me happy, so I'm gonna try this and see how this goes. And it changed my life; it really did.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, so, yeah, uh, you, you waited a year. I know. I was
1: like, I'm scared. <laughs> I just kept like closing <laughs> my phone and never speaking enough of it again. Uh, I don't know why I was so frightened, but,
0: but so and you grew up as a theater mm-hmm. kid. Uh, so that and like did you pursue any kind of theater like in college and university at that point like so
1: i think this is where the turn happened and i still to this day don't really understand why but um when i was applying to universities i applied to the um theater program at york university where you had to audition to get in and, Mm -hmm. and i got in and i got in with a scholarship and then instead i was like last minute i was like a 180 i was like i'm gonna go to guelph and take psychology no idea why, um, it just kind of happened. And then in university I stopped and it was was just very confusing to think about, I guess, but
0: just like one semester, you didn't do an acting thing and then the second semester and a third and just like built on that.
1: Yeah. So when I went, when I ended up like going to Guelph for psychology, I, I looked into their, um, like if I could audition for a play to do that as well. But then I started working for a prof, um, like one of my psych profs, and then just kind of started going in that direction more. And then by fourth year, I was like, I hate research. <laughs> what am I doing? So clearly made the wrong decision, but I don't know. I like to think everything happens for a reason.
0: Yeah. That's, uh, those eight years are going to pay off somehow, hopefully. like
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Um, all right. So... Where okay, so you go through the improv levels at Second City, you go mm-hmm. through the conservatory. What's next mm-hmm. for you?
1: So, it was after the conservatory when I um made the choice to leave teaching and because I wanted to focus on this more full time. So, then after that, um, is when the my troupe Not Oasis started to really take off. And funny enough, Not Oasis we all met in second city conservatory like we were put together as a class and you know aside from a few people who um didn't kind of join with us we are we're like the only conservatory class that actually stayed together and Um, Yeah, so we got into the Toronto Fringe Festival, we started writing our more sketch reviews and performing in shows doing improv and sketch. And that's kind of when things really took off. I found myself doing um, a lot of writing with Not Oasis, and then a lot of improvising also with Not Oasis, but with um, other troops and just as a guest on other shows as well. And I, at that point, I was, you know, working six nights a week, and uh, I was quite busy.
0: So Not Oasis came out of being randomly put together during the conservatory process.
1: I know. We're a bit of an anomaly. Yeah, they they put us together. They obviously did a really great job. Um, so there's seven of us. Uh, when we graduated, there was nine of us in our final show. And then seven of us stayed together. And yeah, we've been together ever since.
0: That's interesting because like, I feel, and again, this is me just like, it's going to sound like I'm ragging on improv, but like you get a sense of i don't know if this is as true in toronto for you but like here in philadelphia like i get the sense sometimes that like people go through uh improv 101 and they they might stay together to do 201 and then after that they join they they form a team of themselves we're like oh yeah we're gonna stay together and be this like right now i'm like yeah that's, that's too early to make the decision people like
1: yeah Well at that point we had all gone through the levels at Second City separately and we had just met in conservatory for the first time and it's it's a bit different in conservatory because you start doing improv but you know a lot of the magic happens in that final show that sketch review that you guys create and write together and Mm -hmm. uh, we we had a great show and we, we were just like let's let's keep this going and so we did and here we are, years later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the idea that y'all are together for a full year working on this, like, yeah, yeah. before you become a thing, like, officially. Yeah. Compared to oh, let's walk out of two hundred one and you know be an indie team. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it it really worked out. We're we're very uh, grateful. So again, like everything happens for a reason. If I you know had signed up for Second City classes a year and a half when earlier when i had planned to then i wouldn't be in this conservatory with this group Mm -hmm. not talking to you today probably right well you
0: might have been it just might be for a different sketch team
1: that's a good point
0: (laughs) (laughs) you might not be with not oasis but you could be with yes oasis or there you go there you go i don't know uh (laughs) where does that name where does that name come from
1: So funny enough, um, right beside the Second City Training Center, there is a uh, restaurant called Gretzky's and above Gretzky's there's a rest like a rooftop called Oasis. And we would okay. al- yeah. And we would always want to go there after drinks, but um, a lot of Second City people would always go to this other bar at the time called the Charlotte Room. So we'd be like, "Yeah, let's go for drinks. We're gonna go to Oasis," and everybody would be like, "Not Oasis." And we were just okay. like, we we're just like, okay, that's our name now. <laughs> okay,
0: nice. I, I love that story. That's great. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: When I first saw the the name of the of the team, I thought it had something to do with like the band, like. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: A lot of people do. So as a joke in our, um, in our, in our like blurbs about ourselves, we're like, like blur, like blur, we're not Oasis. So.
0: Mm, I like that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, you mentioned being a performer as a kid and doing theater and all right. What's this ready or not show?
1: Okay. So this ready or not show is about two um, best friends and it's just about them growing up, and they it starts when they're in probably around grade six, and they go to the end of high school. And it's these two friends, Amanda and Busy, their best friends forever. They're they're kind of outcasts, and they're just trying to navigate their way through the hardships of high school and middle school.
0: And you were just one of the students.
1: Yeah, I was a, I was in an the classroom. Extra, I was an extra when they went away to summer camp, and of course, okay. like classically, like one of the one of the the leads fit in, and the other one didn't. So that was their hardship they were dealing with then. And uh, my memory of that is just walking up and down this massive hill, and they couldn't get the shot they wanted. So we would walk down the hill, and they'd be like, "Take it again," and then we have to walk back up the hill just to walk down it. We did that. A lot <laughs> Yeah
0: <laughs> um, So And then like I'm always curious about Canadians mm-hmm. Because you know There is the sense of like America's Little brother and like a lot of our pop culture Comes up to you guys But we don't get Very much of of Canadian pop culture coming down mm-hmm. Like uh, I mean I can make the joke Of it's You know, kids in the hall in comedy, bare naked naked ladies in music.
1: Yeah,
0: and then twenty years later, we you sent us Bieber for some reason. (laughs) uh, So, is there something within Canadian pop culture that's you know like distinctly Canadian that you would recommend to an American audience?
1: Um, Distinctly, like part of like the writing, or
0: something. You know, it's just something that's been produced up there that we might not have seen because it hasn't come down
1: oh well i mean classically um baroness von sketch which i am pretty sure you guys have now is that
0: yes yeah okay when i i I don't know why i keep hoping for a different answer to the question Because the last couple of Canadians that I've I've talked to have all said Baroness. I, so I was like, oh come on. Like <laughs> Because
1: they're so great. Uh, I, I, <laughs> they, they are. They, they're just so fabulous. It's
0: hard not to i not fight it anymore. Like but I, will... I keep I keep waiting for some kind of like hole in the wall like, weirdo show like that no one's ever heard of or uh because um there was a point where our public station our public TV stations down here had imported some or at least for me, like and maybe I'm the only one that's ever like seen these shows. Mm-hmm uh they were importing some canadian shows one of them was called uh the industry okay which is actually like uh i think it was made in canada up there like i think that's what it was called and it was um oh now i'm completely forgetting his name uh the guy from the hour has 22 minutes
1: uh which guy
0: uh Rick Rick Mercer. Mercer. Oh, there
1: you
0: go. like it was a sitcom that he had put he had put together and and then the other one that was a, a another weirdo, and this is like a very distinctly Canadian show, like uh, the Red Green Show, like with, with you know with the Possum Lodge oh, and everything. Yeah. and like, the I remember, Canadian I remember shirts coming, and
1: everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember like coming across that one Saturday night, and like, what is happening here? I like,
1: yeah,
0: like it was a good weird, but like,
1: it's it's was, probably like, unlike anything you'd ever have seen before.
0: Yeah, like it's it's a kind of sketch show it's it's these weird characters mm-hmm. like Rick green i was just so confused yeah. by it like,
1: um, i will say one one that's coming up it's not quite out yet but um it's a cbc show and it's this this troupe called tall boys to men and um mm-hmm. yeah they just got a green light uh for for a new comedy uh sketch show and i think they're gonna be brilliant it's produced by uh bruce mccullough and uh mm-hmm. yeah i think it's gonna be something something to watch for sure
0: yeah i hope that, that i don't like i've heard that it's been green light i don't know if we have any like american i haven't heard of any american distribution for that one yet so like i'm looking forward to it
1: yeah i hope hopefully it, it'll, it'll get there because they're a really interesting group of people
0: uh so tell me about the scene in toronto then like I mean, I know there's a second city. I know there's you know comedy bar, mm-hmm. Tor- like Philly, Philly Sketch Fest has a bit of a relationship with Toronto Sketchfest and you know, like mm-hmm. we we've had Canadians coming down all the time, and like uh, so, what's your impression of the scene in Toronto?
1: Um, there's it's it's plentiful that's for sure there's there's a lot of um sketch and improv out here um you know the main the main one obviously being second city, but you can go to you know to comedy bar or bad dog theater or social capital theater and see sketch and improv like every single night of the week it's uh there there's a lot going on here
0: do you mostly where do you most mostly where does not oasis mostly perform
1: um we perform. Anywhere, the last sketch review we just did, which was in January, we performed it at Bad Dog Theater, uh, which is a really great space um, for sketch and improv. But uh, we we literally perform all over all over the city, any anywhere okay. we can get on stage.
0: Okay, so it's not like there's a home, like it's not like you guys have a home base. Uh, no. Like okay. Yeah. Or like, like a, a house team somewhere
1: no um uh, there's no really house like sketch teams i mean there's certain sketch troops who maybe stay closer to one venue than the other but uh, right now it's all about um availability and, and what kind of things you need from the stage mm-hmm. and the tech and lighting booth for the performance that you're <laughs> doing <laughs>
0: uh yeah so tell me about an oasis show what's it like
1: uh, not a Ways to Show is, there's seven of us, so uh, we have seven different point of views, which is something that's, really really important to us we're all uh very similar yet very very different so in an auto show you'll see a mix of anything from you know super grounded relationship scenes to uh we've got um a couple writers who are super political and, and bring some really really fantastic ideas to the stage and then we've got uh, a few writers who are super like silly and you're like what is this scene it's so weird but i can't stop watching it <laughs>
0: Very cool. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because I think in your submission packet, you had like uh, a sketch with like American refugees from Ohio or something.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to. I was really, like, when I took that, like, made that, started with that sentence, I was like, I'm really hoping I'm not wrong with this, but I'm also remembering.
1: No, you're you're right. Yeah, we call that sketch Refugee Dinner, and it's about this couple who um, adopts a refugee family and then introduces them, and it's like, oh, we're from Ohio, we're from Donald Trump's America. Um, And and the fun thing about that is uh, we perform that sketch in Canada, and it does really well, and we perform that sketch in the States, and it does really well as, as well, so it's, Pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the uh, audience that would come out to a comedy show will resonate with that sketch. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of our go-to's.
0: I'm sure you'll stumble into some part of America where it's not as funny as <laughs> as it is to everyone else.
1: Yeah, like, that, that's something that we're learning as we kind of travel. Through the states um, and perform some of our sketches. We we do have a lot of Toronto centric sketches, so uh, we're we're starting to recognize okay, this sketch will not work over here, and uh, you know even though this sketch killed in Seattle, it didn't really kill in Chicago for some reason. So it's it's pretty interesting. It's it's something. It's a learning process for us.
0: So with how much have you been traveling then with Not Oasis? I mean, you mentioned Seattle. You mentioned like.
1: Yeah, we've had a busy uh, year of traveling. We just we just started traveling last year. We went to Chicago Sketch Fest, and then we went to Seattle Sketch Fest. We did Ottawa Fringe. I know that's not a huge, uh, it's not a huge travel, <laughs> uh, not a, not a far way to travel. But we did Ottawa but Fringe. But it,
0: it's a it's a it's a further thing than I I thought it was when I first looked up Toronto to Ottawa.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, like we yeah we had an Airbnb for we were there like, for seven I, I have
0: that that dumb american thing where i think all canadian cities are you know pretty much closer together
1: right no it's a track it's a track it's about (laughs) yeah yeah like five hours away so we were away from home for a bit so um, um yeah
0: so yeah so what have you noticed from different american audiences as you've traveled
1: um you know well, we, we we definitely after going to Chicago Sketch Fest, which was the first one that we did, we we noticed we it was really brought to our attention how uh, Toronto centric we write. Um, so yeah, we have really been keeping that in mind. I mean, we'll always stay true to what we you know how we feel and what we believe in. But we're it, it really taught us that um, okay, so not all Toronto references are uh, can be understood in in other. Uh, in other, in other areas. So, um, yeah, we've noticed that, you know, for most of the sketches, the laughs come when they should. So that's always a good thing. Um, but yeah, just having to change uh, a couple of jokes or a couple of references is, you know, pretty doable without changing the whole sketch.
0: Do you do a little research and like pepper in like a local reference instead, like to like like to switch it out with the with the Toronto reference?
1: Oh, for sure, we've done that um, a bunch of times, and sometimes it works really well, and sometimes it does not work. Um, I think it was in Seattle. We were, yeah, obviously it was in Seattle. Have you been to Seattle? Do you know the Gum Wall? No. Oh, it's really disgusting. But it's, I'm, it's- I'm
0: assuming it's just people putting their Gum wad, like on the wall.
1: Oh, you nailed it! That's exactly what it is. It's just a wall. Well, that, I mean, it's yeah. a pretty, it's, it's pretty
0: straightforward. <laughs> yeah,
1: and so it's it's very gross, but you know, people, I guess, from all over come to see it. So we, we threw that reference in one of our sketches, and it, it did really well because everyone's like, oh the gum wall, I know that." Um, when <laughs> we were in Chicago, we we threw in a reference about. Uh, It was like uh, our 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 initial reference was about the TTC, which is the transit system here in Toronto. It's very, Mm -hmm. very terrible. Um, So the the joke was about it always being late. And we just subbed it in for the L train in Chicago. And and you could feel it from the audience. They were like, you don't know about the L train. (laughs) We're like, okay, good point, good point. So, you know, it's, it's, again, a, a learning, it's a learning process. Sometimes it works, sometimes it
0: doesn't and don't worry if you use that joke here in philadelphia you can just use our our transit system and it will work just fine
1: okay perfect what i don't even know what your transit system what is your transit system called
0: it's called septa septa yeah oh interesting
1: i'm i'm thinking about throwing in a a, 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 there has to be a a raptors philly reference that that i can throw in somewhere uh
0: yeah we'll see how that goes yeah Wait, wait to write that joke until the series is over. Yeah, like,
1: for, uh, like, which it will be, I guess, by the time we get there. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, see, see which of us is the happy ending for either us yeah. or you.
1: Then make the choice. Gotcha. <laughs>
0: um, so, like, uh, hmm, I totally forgot this question. I should have asked this, you know, twenty something minutes ago. Uh, in the sketch, Peter Pan.
1: Oh yeah.
0: How did how how did you handle Tinkerbell?
1: oh it was uh it was our md who had the idea of so he just found this beautiful fluttery music and it was like ding, ding, like you know tinkly and um it was just sam sam burns who played peter pan he just um mimed we we mimed okay. watching her and then he had tinkerbell sitting on his hand and it just it looked so real and following the music it was it was a done deal
0: okay i, I was trying to like i remember reading it the first time and i'm wondering like are there a puppet i kind of thought there was a puppet <laughs> no. like you know like some kind of like marionette on a string coming down from somewhere like
1: no we didn't have there, that there's a part of
0: me that was like just... alguém... <sighs> okay that makes sense though
1: yeah we just mind it
0: yeah it's yeah it's a much easier everything still works so yeah yeah t-
1: tickerbell's very tiny you can barely see her yeah anyway. there you go <laughs> so, yeah because i think
0: um i think yeah i think that's been a thing before and and other peter pan things where about so it's just a noise it's just a sound going through so yeah yeah okay is uh, is not oasis your main project uh
1: yes not not oasis is is um a priority for sure i mean we're all very busy working together and working on other things we all have a bunch of things on the go but um not oasis is a uh, you know we have our like set meeting dates every week that we get together every week and uh uh, right now we're writing for a new show because we got into Hamilton Fringe, uh, which is only an hour outside of Toronto. So that's not too bad of a, a travel, mm. but that's the end of July. So we're currently working on brand new material for for that show. And uh,
0: yeah. Uh, do you do any other performing other than Not Oasis? Uh,
1: yeah. In terms of uh, just comedy in general, like we all do a lot of uh, improv on our own as well.
0: Do you like have any other teams that you're like permanently with?
1: Yes, I have two that I'm on right now. One is called Gentleman Frog. Uh, improv truth names are hilarious. I know. <laughs> it's called Gentleman Frog and there's four of us and we perform. Or actually, we have a show tonight. Uh, we perform quite often together. We're just very like fast paced, quirky, fun kind of mess with each other, kind of a troupe, And then another troupe, also with a very cool name, Jibber Jabbar that I play on, which uh, is part of the uh, institution, the assembly.
0: Okay. So like, as a, you were talking about being a performer kid mm-hmm. and like a theater kid and, you know, totally thinking I, I, like I'm, I'm loving that you're an extra in Billy Madison. <laughs>
1: it's my claim to fame. <laughs> I tell you, that's all I got. Right. <laughs> um,
0: but with, um, per, like, did you do like theater during high school and everything? Uh,
1: well, funny enough, when I was in high school, all, all of our extracurricular activities were canceled because the teachers were on strike. So oh, no. I know it was it was a ter- it was terrible. So we. Um, so in grade nine, there was a musical, which I was not in. Cause I was like, I'm in grade nine. Who am I? What am I? I was trying to like figure <laughs> out, you know, I was too cool. I'm trying to figure out who I am. Um, and then from grade 11, uh, sorry, grade 10, 11 and 12, there was nothing. I'm aging myself right now because I had grade 13 OAC. Um, but in OAC,
0: we- what, is, what, what is that? What, what's going on there? What is Oh,
1: that's the thing? Yeah. So in high school it used to be uh grades 9 to 13 but they called grade 13 oac i don't even know why um and then we were the second last year to have it and then they just were like no more oac it ends at grade 12 now so
0: yeah how does that work how do you like decide that yeah kids don't need that extra year of schooling yeah
1: i guess they just like mashed everything into a, a less shorter period of time
0: i would be so annoyed if i was that last team like that last one that had to go through that grade thirteen process.
1: Well, uh, well, yeah, it was very tough for them. Like we were the second last, the people below us was very tough for them because it, then there's a double core. So applying to universities, everyone was like having major like freakouts and panicking, being like,
0: "I didn't even think so, about that." There were
1: so many kids that year, right? So it was oh, goodness. It was a bit of a shit show. I I don't know. Can I swear? Because I just did. Yeah, I don't care. Great. It That's was fine. it was a bit of a, a crazy time, but uh, I guess they kind of figured it out then.
0: And I was just thinking about like the resentment that these kids, like the the like, people with the year below me, would been yeah out at the same time. Like yeah,
1: we I was pretty lucky. My year was pretty lucky. We just kind of got away, got away with it. But uh, yeah, in, in OIC, um, everything came back. So for our, for our last year, we we had a nice big musical production, which was great.
0: Nice, yeah. cool. What was the what was the production? It was Fame.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's so a singing dance. I don't thing. Fame.
0: Like I'm, I don't entirely know how... Because I've seen the fame movie.
1: Yeah, it's, it's. There, there's similarities and differences, but...
0: I was going to say, there has to be a, at least a few differences yeah. from the movie. It's a bunch of... To a high school production.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, well,
0: funny enough... Like, off the top of my head. <laughs>
1: Again, funny enough, maybe I'm aging myself even more, but uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was Carmen, and yeah, I remember doing a scene about, or singing a song about, you know, it's after the booze and the coke... And I was like, okay, well, I guess I did coke. I was an OCS. I like, <laughs> only half understood what was really going on, but I knew that my character was uh, uh, a cokehead and a, a bit of a busybody. I guess that's the <laughs> way to say it. I don't know. I'm shocked they didn't uh, they didn't cut that out. But whatever, we made it work.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i have a, a nephew that's in high school right now and he's he's started to become a theater kid and he's like next semester we're gonna do this i'm like you're not gonna do that in high school that's that's not oh my
1: god what was it do
0: you remember i i forget what it was but i was like there's i don't think there's a i don't think there's a pg-13 version of that right. yeah, i don't think there's a teen version of that play like yeah you're not gonna do that and, if- and then he mentioned something that only has like four roles and i was like that's not that's not how high school theater works. Like you can't just have four roles.
1: Yeah. Or unless they have four roles and then everybody gets to rotate, <laughs> Yeah, <and laughs> rotate through. But uh,
0: that sounds even worse. to know, me. Like, awful. Um, yeah. Uh, he keeps. And, and now he wants to go to like musicals when they come to Philadelphia, like, you know, either the touring companies or like the regional things. And I'm like, you do you realize that this is an expensive thing. Like, yeah, it's
1: not a cheap hobby. Like <laughs> <laughs> the
0: theater, like as a theater fan, it's it, it gets up there. Oh, like, it
1: really does. So, so the, the the main theater that I see is just the ones that I get for my birthday present <laughs> <laughs> because I really can't afford. I really can't afford to just go see all the amazing plays out there.
0: Yeah, uh the touring company of Hamilton's coming in in, in, in like the end of the year, and I'm already like. I guess I have to start like pinching pennies and saving for that. Cause that's going to be. Yeah.
1: You got to put money aside every ridiculous, week, every week like, for that. Yeah. I just saw, I just saw come from away. Uh, I have a friend who's, who's in the, in the show and uh, I just saw it and I saw it because I got it for my birthday. <laughs> it was a birthday nice. present. So I was like, yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, <laughs> same, same will happen probably with Hamilton. It'll come and I'll wait and wait and wait. And then hopefully give us a birthday present as well.
0: Nice. Toronto is a, a big city in production these days because it, it seems like it's infinitely cheaper to produce up there. Mm-hmm. Like films and television. Are you active? Are, are you pursuing? Like, are you auditioning or doing anything like that? Yeah.
1: I have an agent and I'm uh, I, like newly again, cause I'm pretty new to the scene, but uh, yeah, I'm with an agent and going on auditions and you know taking acting classes as well. And yeah, just, you know, that, and that, that's the thing that's so beautiful about sketch is because, you, you know, you, you can't just wait for the audition that's going to change your life. So you got to create your own yeah. work, right? You got to write for yourself and create your own material.
0: Yeah, I, I get annoyed because there's been a couple of movies in the last 10 years that are have supposed to be, that are like technically set in Philadelphia. Like they're supposed to be Philadelphia, mm-hmm. but it's very clearly Toronto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Shazam. Yes. That just came out. Yes. It was like... Oh, they came and like flew a helicopter around to get like the skyscrapers, mm-hmm. but that's clearly not a Philadelphia street. Like no. that's definitely Toronto. Yeah. Like
1: it's fun. That, stop lying to yeah, me. Yeah, there's a, there's a few, a few shows as well where you're like, "Yep, yeah, that's the Bay and Adelaide Building in Toronto." Like <laughs> you could just you could just make <laughs> them try as hard as they want to make it look like New York, but.
0: <laughs> I think it's funny. There was a trend for a few years where, like, I don't know if it, it like, if they can call it co-produced or if we did just buy canadian like cop shows mm-hmm. but one of the, th- the thing i always noticed because my parents love them because they're old people and they love those kind <laughs> of shows uh was that you couldn't refer to a specific location in those shows
1: okay
0: so like all of them were like just metropolitan police or oh, yeah. like the city police department yeah. like you couldn't say that for some reason, I, I guess Americans don't want to watch a show that's actually like explicitly set in Toronto. Yeah,
1: for some reason they hate us up here. We don't know why.
0: <laughs> like I even like for some reason I watched one of the Saw movies the other day, oh my gosh. which I I don't know why. I like legitimately the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah, my why, life? why like, am I here? What am I doing? But I know that they were filmed in Canada, and it's just metropolitan police i was like oh my god just make up a city name yeah. like that's the dumbest yeah, thing they can
1: make up you know like uh, uh, Gri- Gr- grill d that's a terrible city name yeah. but you know it's better than, i don't <laughs> know what <laughs> grill d is but it's better than metropolitan
0: <laughs> and god forbid toronto have this maniac serial killer running around I like, like it. you guys can handle it, might,
1: it. it's probably less scary because everyone in toronto is so nice right <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like you can't like kill our assumption that all canadians are perfectly nice and polite people yeah there's a bit
1: of a debate about torontonians as well because like obviously canadians are have that you know um reputation of just being like oh thank you so much eh uh that's my (laughs) stereotypical canadian accent but torontonians yeah there's a bit of a mix some people think torontonians are so nice and some people think torontonians are just so dark and angry and sad and it's probably because our transit system doesn't work
0: but you know just blame it all on the transit you know whenever there's
1: a problem it's the ttc you know
0: (laughs) Uh, as we wrap up uh, i ask everyone uh these two questions i you know try to go a little profound oh no uh but you don't (laughs) but you can totally you can totally skip over and make it silly instead i don't really (laughs) care uh what's something that you've learned from comedy i mean you've gone through the second city program you've been with this team for a couple years now uh so you can totally like answer this with either like a practical uh trick of the trade of comedy or something like philosophical that you've learned that like you're holding on to but what's something from comedy that that something that comedy has taught Mm -hmm. you that you'd pass on to a new writer
1: i would say that you know for for me when i think about my whole comedy career I, i i would just say that there's honestly no time like the present and I know that sounds super cheesy and like clearly I didn't make that beautiful phrase up but uh you know I again I started I started later in life and and I put it off for so long and I put it off for so long and it's just like man now's the time if if you want to do it you should do it if you want to if you know if you want to write a sketch about you know how how much sex you have or how much sex you don't have, or if you want to write something political, like now, now is the time. There's no, there's no sense in sitting on it and waiting because there are so many other people in this industry who are just happy to come and scoop, scoop it up right from underneath you. So, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're thinking about it, just do it and go for it.
0: Uh, and then finally, but yeah, like, I mean, you did a little performing as a kid, you were an extra, you took, you know, you veered your path off during college and, you know, psych like research becoming a teacher and mm-hmm. everything. And then you come back to comedy. Why comedy? Why is comedy the way you spend your uh, free time?
1: There's nothing like, uh, you know, it's it's such a grind and, and the hustle is real as they say. Um, and sometimes it can be, you can get pretty down on yourself, but when you're up on that stage and you're performing, whether it's improv or, or sketch and on, honestly, like you just, if you, when you get those laughs for me, it just, there's no other feeling like it. If I write a joke and um, I hear people laughing at it, it just makes me, it just gives me all the feels and it just, it just makes me feel really great. There's no, I can't really put words to it. It's just, it's a great feeling.
0: Mm. Uh, as it, like have you done much dramatic work instead of comedy then? Like
1: um, not much. I mean, I've done like a, a couple of those uh, docu drama TV shows. You know, those like reenactment shows where it's like my house is my house is sure. haunted and you're like, oh, scary. Um, I mean, it's not it's not um, really intense work or anything, but it, it's it's mostly been it's mostly been comedy. I've done some you know dramatic plays and such, but comedy and I'm interested in both 100 I, I would I would like to do both but uh, yeah when you're on stage there's just an indescribable feeling when you you know get those laughs and people are enjoying what you have to, they're enjoying what you do and, and they're listening to what you have to say
0: yeah yeah I, I asked that because like I just don't understand um you know in the dramatics like a comedy you know when you're doing well but in a dramatic play mm-hmm. i'm always curious like the actress perspective of how do you know this is working for you like there's no like audible response yeah when
1: i i i, I to, yeah i recently like, actually
0: to a good drama yeah, i
1: recently just uh finished a play called afterbirth and it was about three women who just pretty much talk about their feelings after they have baby and I don't have kids, so this was hard for me to connect to and it was not it was not funny at all. It was it was pretty intense and serious and yeah, so it it was a real learning process for me because it was the first time in a while that I had gone up on that stage and wasn't like, you know, getting myself ready to be funny and quirky and silly and having I mean you, you have fun but in a different way. So it was yeah, it was an interesting experience because it was like you could hear a pin drop through the whole play because it was so intense but,
0: yeah i think that would scare me even more it than, was like, terrifying like the that idea of like oh you guys are definitely paying attention and, and are a part of this but like there's no response yeah. from you at all yeah, like for sure like yeah laughter so much better than anything else
1: yeah. And in, in one of our shows, cause we did a run of it, one of our shows, we actually did get a laugh and we were like, Oh, huh, okay. <laughs> you think this is funny? Sure. <laughs> so I mean, Hey, you never know. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm sure. So at some point, you know, everything's funny to somebody at some point. <laughs> yeah. So that's also interesting in itself, but. All right. Thanks, Jennifer.
1: Cool. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Jennifer and the rest of Not Oasis is coming to Philly Sketchfest. They're performing Saturday, June 1st at the Ruba Club in the 830 block, along with Philadelphia's own Tiny Arson and the original Arugula Boys. You can like Not Oasis on Facebook at facebook.com slash Not Oasis. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Not underscore Oasis. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketch Fest on Instagram at phillysketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like My First Sketch on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.